enjoyment of Krispy Kreme donuts. Like, ew, really? You'd eat those grease bombs? Really? And you go, ooh, it's kind of like the wide mouth frog at the, at the pond, you know? He's, hey, I'm a wide mouth frog, till he gets to the snake. Hey, I'm a wide mouth frog. And the snake says, I eat wide mouth frogs. And he goes, ooh, you don't say. So uh, one of my experiences is they opened a, uh, uh, a new store in East Wichita, Kansas one time. I think it was right off of Rock Road. So those of you that are from the Wichita area, I don't even know if that, that store is still operating because most of the Krispy Kremes have vanished. Uh, probably to my well-being, but... <laughs> They're not as plenteous as they used to be. And uh, when they were opening that store, a lot of times, uh, it's company policy, when they open a new chain, uh, they have a procedure to get those donuts moving and to come up to their standard of taste. And that means they will run a run of donuts probably 24-7 for a certain period of time. And I happened to be coming by, and you know, the, the parking lot was just lined. The, the new shrubs were out. Uh, the hot now sign wasn't on, so I was thinking, ugh. So uh, I, I still pulled in, and uh, I, I, w- I got out of the car, and I went up. All the lights were on. There were workers inside, and I, I just was, I, I could see the, the, the beautiful uh, cr- uh, creation of these, uh, I don't know what to call them, but they just melt in your mouth, and you could down a dozen and not even realize you've done it. Somebody says, you got issues, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you think I got issues. <laughs> but uh, And I was sitting there, and then I, I follow them. You know, they flip, and then they kind of sizzle and float down that river of grease, and then you come under the waterfall of the most magnificent sugar solution you could ever imagine in your life. And they're just going, oh, yeah, bring it on. (laughs) And they're such happy donuts. And then I heard a few of them screaming. And I noticed at the end why they were screaming. (laughs) They were going right into the trash can. And I'm sitting there, I said, you can't believe it. I don't believe it. I went and knocked on the window and I said, Say, do you think I could maybe just have a few of those donuts? I'd like to save a few. Well, they didn't oblige. But that that shows you what happens when you become um, enamored with something. Uh, You you live its its ups and downs. And um, uh, I think one of the most uh, enjoyable things about being able to uh, enjoy certain things in life is, is that God understands that. And uh, in, in line with the beauties of what might be coming for us in eternity, and I have to be careful. I don't want to be a prophet like the, like the man said the other night. Has, that, has he even been to heaven yet? Does he really know? Is he gonna, he's going to talk to us about it? And he, he, I don't think he's been there. You know, I haven't. Um, I can't help but imagine and think as I know you do from time to time, certainly if we have been so, so blessed, so, um, and, and there's a good sense in which we're able to, to taste the flavor of, of the beauty and the strength and the power and the majesty of who he is even in creation, we begin to realize he's very creative. And I don't mean to be Uh, tacky with that statement but he's a creative God he enjoys creation and he enjoys us uh, learning to discover and to create things as well it's a mark that we're created in his image I just uh, I would just simply say that uh, part of tonight's journey will be to think in terms that we've been made in his image and that he's made some expressions about our involvement in the coming kingdom and the more I thought about this, the more I began to realize, yeah, that, that involvement in the coming kingdom is going to be probably quite, quite amazing.
So before I get there, though, I wanted to uh, just again give you a little sense of uh, the 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 of evaluation process that we are called upon now as his children and to think in terms of what we've already discussed. I'm just going to move through these as uh, quickly as I can. Part of the maintenance program is being honest with ourselves before the Lord, really being honest. He's the only one I know you can really be honest with. And that is freeing in and of itself in the fact that we don't have to say to ourselves, I don't want God to see this. He sees it and he hasn't run off. In fact, he ran toward us. He came after us. And so as we begin to think about these things, what he's saying is, is that you're so liberated that part of the beauty of you uh, living on this planet right now is to, as much as is needed, come back to an understanding that the, the record is settled between me and you. And once we get that in our minds and understand the beauty and the power and the staying nature of his love, we can be honest with him and tell him, Lord, I have a hard time with this. I, you know me. And I mean, it's a good thing to tell the Lord, Lord, I'm, I don't want to give it up. That's honesty. He can work with that. And, 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 and to understand, he's going to work with you. And I love this verse. Many of you know it. But I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. And I think part of the joy that God wants us to live in as we, we think about the coming time we're going to be home with him in heaven is to evaluate what is the best possible route I could pursue as I'm here as a, as a believer. And the best possible route that uh, the Holy Spirit of God is going to indicate to us is internal maintenance. Just that uh, opportunity that we have to reinforce our, our, the loins of our minds with the beauty of his truth. Not just to know it in a, a knowledgeable way, but to drink it into where we absorb it as the motivator of our lives. And not in a legalistic sense, but in the sense we've been freed. And that the Lord is going to get me through this. And so that's why if we judge or we handle, evaluate properly and form a right estimate of ourselves, in that case we would, be not, we would not be judged. And in this judgment, this is not with reference to sin. I've already, I've already talked about that in, on a redemptive level. This is the willingness that we would have before him to say, Lord, you're right. That, that's just not cutting it. Um, if, and, and I think the Lord understands if we say, Lord, please forgive me. I don't think it's wrong to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've heard a lot of different uh, information about, well, if you're saying you're sorry and then blah, 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 blah. You know, the Lord's looking at the heart. Be you. Be, be honest with him and be real because you can. And, and he's listening. Now, I say this in light of the fact that this is, this is part of our walk is to constantly be readjusting our thinking in line with what he wants us to rest in. And this is a lifetime process. And the Lord knows that. And uh, he doesn't quit. Now, we say this, if we, if we properly evaluate in God's eyes, and you can see it in context. Just go back in context to this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And you'll see that God loves his children so much, there are times when he brings certain elements into their lives 
to gain their attention. It's not hardball. It's his loving hand to get our attention so that we don't keep barreling down the road that would really cause long-term consequences in our lives. That's the jealous nature of God's love. And oh man, the older I get, I just have to say this. I breathe on God's mercy. I I, I inhale heavily God's mercies. And he's promised those that hope in his mercies are going to be secure and founded. And that's, that's thematic from the book of Psalms. Just beautiful. As you look at uh, Psalm 1912, uh, this is the correct verse for the correct, uh, the, the address for the correct verse, you may not even know what you're doing that may be uh, an issue. And David understood that, and he said, who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret sins. This is just, the cleansing process is, Lord, you know, if there's things that I'm doing that are, that are not right, I just, I just call out the, the precious work of your son. I'm not trying to, to cook the books. I'm not trying to beat the system. I just, I just want to say thank you, Lord, that you've got those things that I'm doing I don't even know that are displeasing, and you're, you're covering that. I don't think that's a necessarily a requirement, but God understands the temperament of each of his children, and he makes a provision for all. These are some of the verses that I think sometimes the enemy loves to come after us and rob us of the knowledge of these verses. And I'd like to couch this, present this in line with the opportunity to be standing in the presence of the Lord and receiving from him his commendations and rewards. And these are preparatory now for us to take great encouragement. Someone might say, man, I've lived... Maybe uh, this week, maybe this weekend, God has really got my attention and man, I've, you know, I've flubbered up a whole bunch of my life. There's no better time than now. No better time than right now to turn to him and say, Lord, make it count. I, I, I've messed up. I don't think the Lord uh, enjoys hearing that uh, more of all of his children when, when an honest child of God can say, I, have I just want to be honest with you. I really, man, I've been robbing you. I mean, this is family talk. It's honest visiting back and forth with one another. Real dialogue. And the Lord is, is ready. And uh, I, I, I present these as characteristics of the Lord's disposition to his people. I will restore to you the ears, or the years, ears. <laughs> will restore to you the years the swarming locusts have eaten. This one I really love. And this is Malachi. And again, this comes from the theme of the people of God robbing God and leaving him outside. In other words, putting him on the second burner or the third burner. And it's not like uh, he hasn't come and made many attempts to get their attention. He has. The long and short of it is, is right at the point where they're saying, how have we robbed you? Tell, tell us, what is it that we're doing wrong? It's kind of like, hello, hello. <laughs> You're moving in a direction that's really not profitable. You should know that. And he tells them, and then right on the heels of telling them that, look at what he says. And try me now. Try me now. In this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you, such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Boy, in your human nature, you're, you'd say, okay, I'm just going to shut the door. 
And at the height of their almost uh, ridiculous rebellion against the counsel of a, of a holy God, and they are almost in the midst of, wow, you know, the, how have we done that? The Lord says, why don't you put me to the test? Again, these are, these are characteristics that are good for us as his people to bear in mind that when we've fallen, and we, we've all had those moments where we've fallen spiritually in our walk, or at least we perceive we have, and the enemy just kicks us to keep us down. That is not the nature of the Lord. And we need that, we need that entrenched in our thinking. Not in an arrogant way. This type of thinking humbles the soul and makes us adore and love him all the more. These are the things he's left with us to consider in light of maybe you've lived a life and most of it you could say is gone up in ashes and I only have a few, maybe years, maybe a few days, whatever. Make it count. Bank on the mercy of the Lord. Bank on his goodness. Bank on the fact that he does not hold grudges. He doesn't hold a grudge in the first place. He's out for our well-being. Let's quickly look at how does the Lord look. Some of you have seen this. This is for those of you that are maybe wanting to figure, okay, how does the Lord assess what gets rewarded and what, what maybe doesn't? And so uh, I'm just going to write these down. I'm going to put this up here and do it all at once so we can move on. Some of the other areas I really feel we need to get to this evening. And uh, just jot those down. I'll leave them up long enough if you're taking notes and this is new to you. The, the key area, one of the key areas the Lord is going to use to evaluate is faithfulness. With what we've been given, have we taken what we have and have we been faithful as someone in charge with a responsibility? And I think as we look at that, there's some real encouragement here. Um, and I, I won't go into detail on it. I'll just briefly comment and then we'll move on. But the parable of the workers who were hired first as opposed to those who were hired last. We, we understand that, those of us that know that that story that the Lord Jesus told. But this is a stewardship of opportunities. And God is going to level the playing field at the judgment seat. At the rewards, he's going to level the playing field. And those that have not had the opportunities that others have had will have an equal platform on which they're going to be rewarded for what they were able to do with the things that they had. Some have a lot, some have a little, and some don't have very much at all. But God will level that as well as he will level every aspect of what we've been entrusted to in this, this journey we called life. And I love these parables. These are remarkable exposés on the heart of God with respect to how he thinks in terms of giving rewards. This is so encouraging. Sometimes I think, oh, man, why did they have me speak? They ought to have this guy speak or that other guy speak. I just think, oh, boy, oh, boy, I'm just old, old John Heller. And to some degree, that's true. But you know, I'm going to be judged on whether I was faithful with what God gave me. And so are you. Rest in the beauty of that. You may not think you're doing much at all. I'll tell you what, we're going to be astonished at the, at the reward banquet of heaven when we see God take the tables of what we tend to look at and he's going to invert them in a good way. And people that have labored quietly, never said a word, never were noticed, look out. And we will all be applauding, will we not? Won't we all be applauding when Daniel walks?
That's the beauty of being home. It's not, I didn't get anything like that. Aren't you glad you're going to be free of that, that mess? You're going to be rejoicing with people going like, yes! That's heaven, brothers and sisters. It's in his presence. And what we're, what we're really enjoying is the beauty of who he is emanating all throughout the kingdom. You won't feel inadequate in heaven. You won't feel left out. You won't feel bad about yourself. You won't feel the aches and pains that come with life. I remember when I was a kid, I'd sit around and listen to the old folks talk, and I thought to myself, boy, they are really a, they're just really a drag to listen to. Yeah, well, you know, my own bursitis is acting up, you know, and then, yeah, I've been crippling around on this old broken foot. How you doing, Hal? Well, I don't know. Man, I got some itis. And I said, the worst itis of all the brothers is Arthur. And I'm thinking... Man, you guys, you got something better to talk about than all your woes and hates. Well, now I'm singing a little different tune. <laughs> Some of you, I hope the Lord comes way before that. You might get the idea of, hey, you know, you like some camaraderie in stations of life. <laughs> Am I the only one falling apart? But aren't you thankful that we're all going to arrive home in the prime of life? I don't know what that is. The doctors could tell you everything, but I guarantee you when we get home, we're going to be blown away in awe and wonder at the work of God. So as you think about abilities, you think about time, all of these things are going to get equalized with respect to God assessing for reward. Principles of evaluation is character. I think sometimes we, we wonder, oh, you know, I, I, I don't like some of the things I have to go through, but God is working so that we can have an abundant entrance, a happy entrance into the kingdom. And so those things that just flashed up were actually second chapter of Peter Chapter or Second uh, Peter chapter one, verses five through eleven. If you're taking notes, just jot that down. And what I mean by character is the amount of growth that we were willing to let the Lord produce in our life. Now, not necessarily did we conquer spiritual realms that nobody else did. No, it's just walking along with Him as He develops more patience in us as he develops the desire to be more like him, to be more caring, to be more thorough in our thoughts of thinking of others, different aspects of the character of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the reason I say that that is one of those things that is going to be a great blessing is that God will take notice of those that have been willing to walk. And you can start right now. You can say, Lord, I haven't been willing to cooperate. I want to cooperate right now. Take that time now. I know he will reward. That's his nature. So moving into what, what will the kingdom be like? That'll be one of the first things. I don't want to circumvent the reality of that at the rapture we're home and that we are with the Lord and we are off of this planet, there is this time in which we're going to be rewarded, and then at the appropriate moment, the Lord will come back to this earth a second time. There is, uh, there is the, uh, there's a little bit of uh, concern, I guess, in, in some circles, and I don't think it's a point of, of uh, contention, but I believe there will be a marriage feast. Now, how that all takes place and how it all comes to pass, uh, that'll be certainly uh, evident and done. But by the time we come back with the Lord, and as I already mentioned this morning, uh, we will be 
at the beginning of the millennium, after the judgment of the Jewish nation and the, and the uh, nations of the world, then uh, all those that trusted the Lord that did not die during the tribulation, they will enter into the kingdom. And they will have children. And those children will still have the need as they come to the age of accountability to make a choice whether or not they're going to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you have your Bibles, I'd like to ask you, please, just to turn with me to Isaiah, because at this uh, point, I'd like to just cover a couple of things of why the millennium? What is the purpose of the millennium? Well, there'll be a lot more than these, but uh, remember, as we come back with the Lord, he has a robe, and on the robe, at the location of his thigh, dipped in blood symbolic language but still stating king of kings and lord of lords he is coming back as the awesome ultimate king of kings he will come back as the absolute ruler of this world and he will establish his kingdom in jerusalem we'll talk a little bit more about the heavenly city new jerusalem but that'll be hopefully tomorrow morning but for the time that we're considering, I would just say that I believe there's a, a very high probability that our home, our resident area, will be the heavenly city. But we're also encouraged and reminded through uh, some passages that we'll look at here briefly that we're going to rule and reign with the Lord Jesus Christ on this planet. And I'd, I'd like to try to address that here in a moment. One of the uh, other aspects of the kingdom, and I think sometimes we, we, uh, we look at this, but I think as, as we're beginning to see now the validation of some of these, these prophets, um, John, as he was given revelation about the end times, and, and you go all the way through the, the prophets in the Old Testament, things that they talked about, uh, if you haven't looked at it lately, it's, it's worth going back and taking a decent read. Some of the things that they have specifically announced would be indicators in the day in which the Antichrist would rise to power. Those things are rapidly falling into place. Now, I don't know how quick this is. I, I just, I just it, it just seems imminent to me, but I'm a man and I don't know. Only the Lord knows that time. But I believe we have enough to be able to look at God's word and go, wow. If I wasn't a believer, and again, it's still God's work in a person's life. But if I needed help and somebody could show me that these were predictions that were made and look at the accuracy with which they're starting to unfold, I think it would get my attention. I won't do this too much tonight. I want to, oops. Oh, the clock is not a friend of mine tonight. So, believe it or not, I think I can squeeze this all in in the morning. So I'll just go to bed and ask God to put it on warp drive. And maybe we'll get it done. Do you know that there were over 300 prophecies? Some of you have heard this, so thank you for your patience. There are over 300 prophecies about the Lord Jesus' first coming, his birth, his life, his persecution, his death, his resurrection. And someone who was a mathematician sat down and did the probable odds. If you had tried to predict 10 things in the future, what would the odds of those predictions turn out to be if they would all 10 come true? What would be the likelihood of that happening? Now for me, I like mental pictures and this, this I used to live in Arkansas and uh, they had a saying down there, mm, man, that dog will hunt. I think this dog will hunt, so hang on. If you were to take a silver dollar and mark it with a magic marker, get in a helicopter and fly over the entire state of the state of Texas, knowing that there's already a foot deep filled with silver dollars 
and with your blindfold on and nobody else able to look at you and at the moment of your choosing, you could throw that marked silver dollar out somewhere in the state of Texas and then go get somebody and say on the first try, you get to keep all those silver dollars in the state of Texas if you pick up the one that's marked. And I'll just put it to you in layman's terms, the probable odds of that happening are 10 with so many zeros behind it, the probability of it is, is beyond possibility. There's many more things that have been spoken in a prophetic way in scripture that have come to pass, that are now beginning to flower and beginning to show themselves as radiant signs Jesus is on his way. Soon. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this rich day. Thank you for letting us enjoy being together like this. We've enjoyed listening to different ones. We have appreciated, Father, your work in each person. We have been so thankful, Father, for your goodness to us. We've been laughing. We've been enjoying each other's company and you've given us just a little taste of what it is to be home and father we pray that you will just impact our minds through the power of your holy spirit over the things that we've been thinking about and set our hope completely upon the grace to be brought to us at the revealing of your son in jesus name amen Well, this wasn't pre-planned. <laughs> We're not trying to tease you. <laughs> I, uh, I think I misunderstood the time that I should be done, and I've been told I have just a wee bit more, so I want to try to uh, move into uh, a little bit more about the coming kingdom. By the way, isn't it wonderful to think that uh, those angels that are around his throne right now have, are still singing, Holy, Holy, Holy. Now, I want to just stop with you for a moment. And you're thinking, really? They've been doing this for how long? <laughs> that's the beauty of being in his presence. And that's the joy we have as we're together. I don't know about you, but I enjoy godly music and godly music that will draw our hearts up to him and there's just something very special about giving him honor because he's so worth it so as we think about uh the things that we enjoy doing over and over uh there's lots of things we enjoy doing over and i won't bore you with what you know i enjoy eating over and over i never get tired of those things yeah they're the same old flavor same old grease but i sure like them and in a, a very small, maybe a childish way, and I don't mean to take the awesome one to anything but the right place that he should have, we're never going to get tired of singing to him. It'll be the delight of our soul. And I think there's going to be other things, too, that we're going to be doing. Last uh, thing that I wanted to share with you with respect to why the kingdom. Again, we've already been thinking about it. It will be the working out of these rewards. And I guess that's uh, what we want to spend the balance of our time on this evening. And what I mean by working out these rewards is if we are taking into character and flavor some of the express statements by the Lord himself and especially if you would just jot down Revelation 5 and verse 10, you'll find that he's made us kings and priests in which we will reign with him. And uh, we will reign with him not only in the millennium, but we will reign with him forever. Now for some, <clears throat> that's, that's, that's mind-boggling. That's like, you know, I can't even bring that in. Uh, that's okay because when we get there, we'll be able to, to be able to take it in. God will give us a perspective that we just, 
we don't have the capability of now. And uh, as you begin to think about the uh, beauty and, and the things that are not going to be uh, there, we also are reminded that this is one of the last of the time programs. I don't like to use that term. I just don't know how else to put it. But this will be one of the last movements in time in which God will show, even as the perfect king sits on the throne, there is still that tendency in the human heart to reject him. And that um, those that uh, do not want him, that understand who he is, they'll have, they'll have tremendous amount of light. And I'll back that up here in a moment. But it just shows you the beautiful, powerful work that was so utterly necessary for the Lord Jesus to accomplish for those individuals that need his salvation. So those are just some, some moderate thoughts. They're not really deep and heavy, but this is some of the things that will unfold as the millennium begins to take root and uh, it travels through the courses of the history of a thousand years in the millennium. It will be very, very clear that this is the culmination of God's fulfillment to his people Israel. And they will be ruling in, in Israel. And they will be enjoying the benefits that have been promised to them by the Lord. So one of the other areas that, uh, and pardon me for the late uh, address, I'll leave that up there just for a moment so that those of you taking notes, you can just jot that down. I think as we begin to think of, well, what will life in the millennium be like? And uh, as I said earlier, he will come. Uh, the, I say this respectfully, but there will be no democracies in heaven or in the millennium. Uh, I'm not speaking against democracy, but democracy is a form of human government. Uh, there won't be uh, other types of governments that are evil in nature, but there will be a perfect monarchy. There will be a perfect kingdom of absolute rule. And that's why we love him so much, because he's pouring out who he is to us now and has wanted to do the very same through all of history to validate the beauty of his coming kingship on this earth. And that he is the rightful individual. He holds the, the honor of that special position, that wonderful position of bringing a system to this planet it's never known. And I'd have to say that uh, even outside the beauty of the original time in the garden with Adam and Eve. I think even beyond that, minus the uh, obvious with the uh, infiltration of sin in the human race. Now thinking about it, uh, we're also told that uh, the nations of the world will come and they will worship him there. Isn't that, isn't that incredible? Can you imagine some of the nations of this planet right now trekking to Jerusalem to honor and worship the Lord Jesus? Uh, right now, you know, there are some people trekking to Israel that kind of want to be there, but there's others that are trekking there, and they have other plans. And th in this time... The beauty of what God will do will be absolutely breathtaking all over this planet. Nations will come and they will lay honor right at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. It will be a tremendous time of rejoicing and singing. You talk about some beautiful songs. I can't wait to see what the orchestra has, the musicians have in the kingdom. And the times that we will enjoy being in the presence of the one that loves us and us being able not only to see that he has the approval of his external rule from all of the world, but in the hearts of men and women, they will be offering his honor. He rules in a sweet way in the hearts of those that have trusted him. 
And they will honor him in that coming day. Incredible. Just blows the mind. I think of the uh, often repeated promises. And uh, if you would, please take your Bibles and turn with me to Isaiah just uh, for a few moments or two. Isaiah chapter 2. And begin looking at uh, these passages in Isaiah chapter 2. We'll start at verse 2. This is really uh, the opening uh, phrase of this aspect of the kingdom. Now shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills, and all the nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, the word of God from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. What a wonderful time. What a glorious time on this planet. Every reasonable cause that is trumpeted on this planet today, whether in knowledge that this is where the Lord is going to take humanity or not, validates all the individuals in one sense or another that they want a better place to live. Humanity is crying for that. But in their cry, they will receive the wrong leader. And that's why it's important that, that we spend time learning from the Lord now and being able to help others so that they can see the difference between the good intentions of people that are in the world and the will of God for blessing and how he is going to accomplish it. I think of these things in light of the tremendous tragedy that's unfolding in, in uh, the European countries right now. I think of Russia and Ukraine. Um, you know, I, I am, I am I, it, it breaks my heart to see men and women die, period. It's a terrible thing to see individuals that are fearing for their lives and don't want to be there to begin with and bombs are being dropped on them and they're being wiped out. Folks, that day is going to be history. That's going away. As, as much as we enjoy the marvels of military technology, all of that energy, all of that resource is going to be redirected in the millennium and look out. Look out at some of the things that will come under the perfect reign and rule of Jesus Christ. Of a good friend of mine told me, he said, we haven't seen anything architecturally yet. You, you wait till the millennium. We haven't understood yet some of the things to be discovered and developed. And we know this to be true in the sense that uh, as we move through this and we begin to read these prophets, we realize they're very specific. One will plant and no sooner have they harvested, there will be somebody right behind them planting the next crop. And I saw a little bit of that one time when I went to Israel. And they've already got a leg up on it. They were harvesting, and there was a tiller right behind them, and right behind him was a planter. I'm not a farmer, so if I got that messed up, come straighten me out. I now live next to soybeans. Some of you are, some of you are going, uh, okay. <laughs> I think you've been living there a little too long. <laughs> but I enjoy watching these guys. It's, it's amazing the chances they take. I had no idea they took so much risk. 
And man, they're not playing with peanuts, man. They got a lot invested in this thing. I'm a city boy. That's why I'm talking this way. I just thought it all came from the store down the street. All the productions that we see so efficient now will look like archaic dinosaurs. Out, outdated. We cannot believe the beauty that will come. Even I believe in medical technology. As a matter of fact, we're encouraged that there will not be babies dying in the millennium. I better pull that out. Some of you are looking at me like, where's your verse? And wouldn't you know, I do, oh, I do have proof. You can also look at uh, Isaiah 29, 17 through 19. This speaks about some of the maladies, physical maladies that trouble people now will be, uh, will be dealt with during the millennium. Uh, length of life will be uh, to at least 100 years, and it just depends on where the individual is spiritually with respect to their desire either to receive the Lord or reject him, they'll at least to get a hundred years. That's, uh, again, there's some interpretation there. I, I'd just be careful. I think that will be a general rule. Uh, obviously, the Lord is sovereign, and as, as it will be, he will rule with a rod of iron. And that brings up the other area. The justice system will be absolutely fair and right on. It'll be timely. And it will have that beautiful effect that it should have in giving people a sense and understanding sin is not profitable. And part of that is God's grace to give them the time they need to think things over and to consider that crucial decision to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Many will come to faith during the millennial kingdom. Now, people have asked me, well, well, what happens if you're saved during the millennium and you live, is a say, and, and there, is, there is reason to believe that life will go back to being a little bit longer than it is now. What happens when they die? What, what happens to them? I, I don't know exactly, but I would have to say, regardless, they are secure and, and at, at the very least, they will be home with the saints. And that will be a very special time. And if there is a general resurrection at the end, some will wake to life everlasting, others to everlasting destruction. And I would say there will be an opportunity, and I think the possibility exists, there may be a special dispensation for those that live in that time that are believers. I'd still like to do a little bit more work on that. That's just one area I have not been able to tie down 100%. We do know long life. Here's, here's something that I think is uh, kind of nice, and I was... Uh, talking about this one time, and somebody said, you know, the lion and the lamb shall lie down together. And they said, John, where do you find that in the scripture? And I said, well, it's in, uh, uh, it's in, um, pardon me here, let me just look. And I kept thumbing and going through it. it, it there will be lions. That's not, that's not out of place. But the lion and the lamb lay together. It doesn't mean that lions won't lay down with lambs. In other words, be at peace. And lambs won't be afraid of lions. But the, the actual statement really comes out of Isaiah. And the statement is, the wolf and the lamb shall lie together. <laughs> so I got, ooh. I was kind of like the wide mouth frog. Ooh, you don't say. It's kind of embarrassing when somebody ought to know their scriptures. And ooh, whoop. That's why it's always good to keep learning. Just keep learning. Don't, don't think you've come there. Just keep learning. Now, one of the things that uh, I would like to say in this, and uh, uh, we read that uh, a little child, again, these are in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 11 is probably one of the most 
beautiful portions. Some of Isaiah chapter 2 touched on this with respect to war and things being turned into a more profitable state. As you go through all out the prophets, I would say there has to be a little bit of caution made when you're looking at these because sometimes these are statements designed for eternity and some are millennial specific. In other words, they're designed to cover the 1,000-year millennial reign. Now, with that having said that, the millennial reign is a precursor. It's the warm-up for eternity. And, uh, and so as the end time comes, as the enemy, Satan, has been bound for 1,000 years, he won't be known as the destroyer of nations as he is now. And by the way, with respect to spiritual warfare, what we're encountering in this part of the world is demonic in nature. Other governments in the world have had to fight these, these demonic influences. Daniel is very, very clear about the rank and the privileges that the demonic world seems to have for a limited very, a very limited period of time just remember what is given to us in the epistles especially uh first second and third john greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world always remember they are under his authority but they've been granted that, and part of it is a, as a lesson to demonstrate what happens when people turn away and they give their allegiance to a liar and a murderer and a thief. So that the reality of where they're headed is able to be seen by others, and others can go, you know what? I don't think I want to go down that road. God did that with me. That's, that's one of the things that he did in my life. I didn't have any understanding about the gospel. Grew up in a home that, you know, it was nominal. We, we went twice a year. <clears throat> you know, if it wasn't Christmas or Easter, we weren't there. I don't know what happened if they canceled Christmas and Easter. I guess we would never be there. But the point I want to make is, is that I saw the declension of what happens in a home where the allegiance is pulled away from the Lord, and it, you follow the, the drift and the culture around you. And it eventually just imploded. And I saw that, and I thought, look at the misery this has caused, and the heartache. And I said, Lord, surely you don't want us to, to continue this trend of the next generation. And I didn't even know the Lord. So there's that witness. So coming back to this, his ability to mess with the world system will be limited for a thousand years. He'll be put away, and then at the end, those individuals that have, they want, they want to oust the Lord as the king, which is incredible to me, but that shows you the nature of turning away from the Lord. It's not a good thing. And the Lord will demonstrate once again the unprofitability of following a liar, a murderer, and a thief. So children will be able to sit down and enjoy animals. Okay, I'm... We're sir. Okay, stewardesses, please prepare the cabin for landing. We'll be on the ground in a few moments. Thank you. <laughs> Aren't you happy? Please put your trays forward and gather anything in the aisles that you see might be a hazard. Anyway. And as you think about the rule and the reign, it's hard for us to, to imagine, but a great, a great part of the curse is going to be reversed. So children can play with snakes. I, I still just cannot, I, I don't know. I, I see these guys with these big boa constrictors hanging all over them like that, and I'm thinking, do you know how quick that dude could just... <laughs> that won't exist 
in the kingdom. Incredible. I was at Omaha Zoo years ago, and uh, that was when they had, they took away the bars and the big ditch, you know, and you could wave at uh, Leo the lion from a distance, and you could even do this and feel safe. In the day when they wanted to get more of a realistic experience of the wildlife that they had in the zoos, they put these huge, thick glass panes, and all that was separating you between a wild beast was maybe two inches of whatever it is that they had, plexi-mobilized glass or something. I don't know what it was, but it was real thick. And so we were, and, and my son who is here, I think he remembers that time, but we went to the Omazaw's uh, Zoo, and... Uh, we saw a couple of lions, and they were up on their little ledges, you know, acting kingly, looking around like that. And we walked by, and so, you know, I, I, I always like a little challenge in life, and so I wanted to see if I could get one of these cats to move. And so I went over to him and said, here, kitty, 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 and then, you know, it just being stupid really is what it is. But I, I did get the lion to get up. And he took his time, stately pounced over towards the area where I was. And so I thought, I want to see if he'll walk with me. So I, I slowly started walking, and yeah, sure enough, he just kind of followed me right along. I'm thinking, nice kitty, good kitty cat. Sure am glad this, that glass is thick. And so we did that a couple of times, and then I took off, and he stood still. He didn't want to walk anymore. So I went back, and I said, what's the matter, pooty cat? And he looked at me with these straight eyes, and I'm telling you, out of nowhere, he ripped a roar that went right through my body. And honestly, I think if there was a mop in a bucket, you could have mopped me up and put me in that bucket after he did that. I got the reality. Wow. That, yeah. <laughs> so I, I kind of backed up a little bit, I think. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but in the coming kingdom, amazing. They will go back to eating straw and grass. Look at this one. I love this one. On that day, I, Hosea 2.18, on that day I will make a covenant for them with the wild animals, the birds of the sky, and the creatures that crawl on the ground. I will shatter bow, sword, and weapons of war in the land and will enable them to rest Securely In this passage of scripture, take a look at the third sentence. And the creatures that crawl on the ground. Can't tell you how many times I've heard shrieks. Aah! And I come running with adrenaline high and they're in there. I said, what's the matter? What's the matter? There's a spider over there in the corner. And I'm, really? Okay. And go get a piece of Kleenex, clean it up, problem solved. But for those of you that don't like those little things, and I don't like mosquitoes, I don't know why they're here. I know there's some reason, and I'm not trying to be cute with it, but just think in terms of all the little tweaks that the Lord's going to make during the millennial kingdom, and we're going to be with him. Okay, so we overshot the runway almost. Throw out the uh, emergency exit chutes, folks. <laughs> it's, it's time to get out of the airplane. <laughs> we'll continue this, and I want to I hunker down a little bit more on some specifics in Scripture tomorrow about the beauty of this coming kingdom. Let's pray. <laughs> Father, we thank you that uh, there's some incredible things that we will also be uh, engaged in as we, we head home. And we ask, Father, that uh, as we take your word and we mull it over and think about it, thank you that you allow us the opportunity to, to dream, but then we also are, we are desiring to anchor ourselves on what you've given us in your word and uh, to realize that it will be better than what we can dream. We see that in your nature we see that in the work done at the cross.
Who would have ever thought that the Lamb of God could be so powerful as to knock death dead? Not only our sin, but Father, open the door for a brand new life. We thank you for the lovely Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for letting us get together this weekend. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks. Amen.